Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're back out on the town, baby. Woo! We're back. We're here, Triple C Brewing Company. Back at the spot. Had to be back here. The last podcast that we did together <laughs> was was here, and yep. it was what feels like years ago at this point. Yeah, yeah. May was a long month that dragged on and many facets of my life from work to play to uh sickness and health and ultimately it's june now and we're in a forward-thinking state of mind the whole the theme of this show is going to be reckoning with what's happened but but moving forward and starting to spin things into the look ahead mode so i'm I'm excited but before we look ahead we have to live in the present and i need to ask you danny brams what are you drinking my brother i'm drinking a carolina gold ale cheers to that cheers to that it's a uh it's a collab with Home Place Brewing, I believe. A little, uh, you know, we, we love collabs in, yeah. in, uh, in life. It's kind of the, the new um, thing these days. You know, musical artists collab, you know, artists, designers collab, and even beer makers collab. So props to Triple C for uh, joining up with another local brewery and giving me this fine Carolina gold. One of my favorite albums of all time is Ed Sheeran and the collaborations. Like, if you haven't heard that album, check it out. It's, a, it's an maybe, unbelievable Maybe we collab. need to collab with another podcast. Have some other local Charlotte podcasters come in here and uh, shoot the breeze with us a little bit about what's going on with this team. Who knows? That's another great idea. And I'll just shout out another album that came out recently, a collaboration album, Elton John. One of the greatest of all time comes out with a collaboration album. The one and only. So it's about people working together. It's about people being happy together, getting along, achieving right. something together, which, unfortunately... <laughs> Has not been the case at Charlotte FC. Yeah, I'm happy we're together. Like I said, this, this, we have, it's been over a month, I think, because of back-to-back COVIDs on either side of the uh, this this table we're sitting at. And uh, it's just good to be out here drinking beer. It's a lovely, lovely Tuesday night in the Queen City. There's a cool breeze. The sun's behind some clouds. I, if I didn't know just how chaotic things were going with Charlotte FC right now, I'd be probably in an absolutely fabulous state of mind. I've got a pint of the Boneyard Bach, and it's reminds me of a uh, of an amber. It, it, it's a, it reminds me of a lager. It's not light, but it's not heavy. It's 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 a, it, it's a perfect balance between the two. It's the first time I've had it here from Triple C, and and I'm certainly enjoying it and. I'm, I'm ready to have maybe two or three more here on this Tuesday evening and just get myself in a good place because we've got a lot of things to talk about. Hashtag uh, lock on that one for sure. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Christian Latanzio, Charlotte's interim manager uh, right now. And his, and his first training session, the new Ooh. boss. The new boss finally was able to help hold court at Bank of America Stadium for training today. He did not have a press conference. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't the only one who held court today, <laughs> uh, How, for sure. However, Charlotte FC captain, Christian Fuchs, this team is just be, should be renamed the Christians <laughs> at this point. Yeah, no doubt. Because, hey. We should power rank the Christians. We, we should do a, a Christians power ranking for, a, for an episode, for sure. Maybe we'll, yeah. After this Saturday in the game against Red Bulls, <laughs> I'll be happy to do that. Because I'm not sure where Latenzio will fall on that Stop. list right now. Um, We're going to talk about Fuchs' press conference today, his outspoken press conference. Um, If if you were to play the 12-minute Zoran Cronetta press conference and then play the 15-minute 
or 30 minute, whatever it was today. I think it went longer than 15 minutes. I think it was almost 30 minutes. The press conference from Christian Fuchs. It would be like taking a old tape and being an A side and a B side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The A side sucks. Yep. But the B side is the deep tracks yep. where you get all the good information and you get all the yep. good sounds and the band really tells you how they're feeling. Because right. we, we got that it today took from a while. It, it took a while. And ultimately, with all the back and forth and, you know, the. I would say that the fan base is a little bit in a divided state right now. I think we're starting to come back together, but the the firing of MAR really kind of shattered us for a moment, and, and now we've got to sort of regroup. I will say that if Fuchs's press conference today, as harsh as it was and as blistering as it was in a couple spots, if that had been the press conference that happened on the day MAR was fired, I don't think we'd be as divided right now as we are because as harsh as it was and as many people might want to see it as harsh truth, I'm not quite in that camp, but... It was what needed to be said in terms of, at least it was approaching something like the truth, unlike whatever Zoran gave us, which was an absolute nothing burger on uh, last Tuesday. We're going to get into the question that I think is most pressing today, and it's not about all this drama that's been surrounding the club. It just simply comes down to who the fuck is available to play on Saturday (laughs) against the New York Red Bulls team that is going to press Charlotte FC into oblivion. Mm -hmm. You watch the U.S. Open Cup match. We know Mm -hmm. their style. We know what they're going to bring to the keep on Saturday against the Charlotte FC squad. Who the hell is going to play on the defensive line? If Christian Fuchs is out, I have no clue how we break the New York Red Bulls press, except for long balls over the top. Well, we'll get into that. We're going to project some 11s, and, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm not quite so sure Christian Fuchs will be out. Let's just put it that way, and we'll we'll, we'll get a little deeper into that in my project 11. But. I can't wait to hear that, and I can't wait to, to share my projected 11 as well and talk about our pre-match plan. Are we back in Elizabeth, maybe? <laughs> oh, man. Is the gold line calling our name? I every, think it is. Yeah, every tradition and ritual that has been established in the months of February, March, and April, and then we kind of drifted away from in May is going to be doubled down on and reestablished with a fiery fervor on Saturday. And it's going to be fiery because it's going to be the middle of the afternoon. It's looking to be hot in Charlotte. And I'm going to have to cool down with a nice cold beer or seven. Uh, If you're one of our TFOs, tremendous friends of the show, come meet us in Elizabeth. We're going to be a big band. We're going to be on the gold line. I've had a great time uh, meeting a few of you there already, um, and we hope to make those connections even bigger and deeper. Speaking of those TFOs, uh, we've got questions from Michael Volak. We've got questions from Russell Bowman. We've got questions from Brendan Wilhide, and we've got questions from Michael Hubbard as well. Uh, we've got a question from him. We're going to answer all your questions as the show rolls on. Alex Ventura as well. Speaking of Christian Fuchs, he's got one of my favorite questions of the show. I mean, we, we know Alex is sharp. He's, he's proved it in the past. I just want to tease the question because it's, it's really good. Uh, and, and by the way, you, you know it's a good question because he had to give us the caveat. I am throwing it out there, dot, dot, dot. What do you think about Christian Fuchs becoming the coach for next season? I mean, I think in some ways he's almost become the de facto coach for this season. Uh, no offense to Mr. Latanzio, but after that presser today, Fuchs has definitely established himself as one of the the movers and shakers and the big swingers in that locker room for sure, if he wasn't already. So 
I think next season might be a little too soon to give a guy a head coaching job. That's don't just give me, now don't give me your answer away just oh, yet. Okay, we're going okay, to okay, get to okay, this okay. question. My bad. Sorry. I thought we were. I thought we. Were, <laughs> I skipped ahead. My fault. Yeah. We're going to get to it later in the show. First, I know Danny Bram. I might change my answer by later in the show. I might be all in on him being the, the coach next year. First, the one thing I want to let you do, Danny Rams, is uh, what I want to do as we're hanging out here in South End. It's a beautiful evening. The light rail just went by. Choppers are flying. The choppers are flying. And one thing I want to do is I want to kind of open the the floor to you because I feel like I've said my piece on the subject. I've been called out. I feel like for the last week about my reporting surrounding MAR's firing and I'm on the record and and I've said I stand by my reporting I stand by the efforts of my colleagues and if there's one thing that Christian Fuchs proved today is that there are players in this locker room that just did not want to play for Miguel Angel Ramirez and I'll leave it at that. I feel like I'm ready to move on to Charlotte FC 2.0, to Chapter 2. If you're watching Stranger Things Season 4, it's it's another chapter. It's that next episode for Charlotte FC. But I want to give you the floor. I appreciate that. And, John, you know that I am also ready to move on and move move to the next chapter. I think that is going to be the major theme, like I said, and you know, take up most of this podcast. But I just want to say this. I think that part of the divisiveness that I referenced earlier that's going on in this fan base stems a lot of from the tweet that you sent out that, that said a, a, what you come to understand is that a designated player, designated player refused to play for MAR and we had good sourcing on that and then your colleagues at The Athletic we do, the, you work for The Athletic I work for ESPN but we're not necessarily in those roles in this, we're Charlotte soccer fans. We do this as a, as a fan cast for sure. But we have our instincts and our training, and we know how to report news when breaking news and things like that happen. So we fall back on it, and we have some sources, and we use those sources, and we got what we felt was a well enough sourced report that you felt comfortable tweeting what you did. And I stood by it, and I think the show stands by it. And the, your colleagues at The Athletic who do this more professionally, and Sam Stacecall and others who focus on MLS, went deeper and confirmed your reporting. Whether I don't know exactly what their sources are, but me neither. That's the yeah. beauty of it. <laughs> right, right. And we and you said you and you said on Twitter today you stand by it when some people people that we like, you know, Lee from CLTFC fan, FC Fan TV, one of our our favorite people in the Charlotte FC he got, world. He got you know? the Tottenham yeah. match on the big screen <laughs> right. at the supporters bar. Right, right. Come on, Lee. Right, and you know you're a strong family when you can argue inside of your family and still have love there, and it's all love. I don't think we're. I'm not mad at anybody. I don't think you're mad at anybody. I hope nobody's, nobody's mad at us. But we know what we know. And people right now are kind of rallying and sticking up for Carol. And it's time, you know, every, I feel Carol's a little coddled in this situation. I, I see all these people wanting to make sure that he's, you know, in his safe space. And if he, if this works and he go, starts actually scoring goals again, like he hasn't done for eight games in a row, then I'll jump on board. Trust me. I'm not going to sit here and bash Carol for no reason. But I think the reasons that we've kind of come out against Carol a little bit here so far have been justified. He's got the worst body language on the team, on the pitch, every single game. And it's very easy to believe that whether or not he issued an ultimatum, I think a lot of people are getting hung up on this words, refusal and ultimatum that have been tossed out. People have their own connotations and definitions of those words. It's clear to me that whatever the words used in the conversation was, we have enough 
support to believe that Carroll went to Zorin and said, I, I can't play for this guy. you got to get rid of this guy. Whether he was going to rip up his $2 million a year contract and walk away from Charlotte FC, I doubt that. I don't think he was ever threatening to do that. But you know he's tight with the technical director and he hates the coach and he's going to go tell the guy he likes to get rid of the guy he doesn't like. Specifically, and well said, Danny Brams, specifically in regards to Carol Spiderski, <clears throat> what we learned today was that That's old school shit right there. That guy's like old school. He loves 90s it. Lexus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. What we learned today was that, in fact, I think that we learned something today about Carol Spodersky and this situation that, quite frankly, we didn't know before. And that was that he was not satisfied with the training methods in the final third. That this team was not practicing enough in the final third. I can't help but to say this, Brams. Even though Miguel Angel Ramirez and Jose Mourinho, the only thing that they have in common, well, they've got a few things in common. They both can speak Spanish well. <laughs> but secondly, they're both coaches. Other than that, there's not much in common between these two guys. But what I know about Jose Mourinho and what I know about his management style, both at Manchester United and at Tottenham Hotspur, is that he focused on the back and he cared about defense more than he cared about the attacking third. And what happens in those situations is that people, players, that play up front don't like to play for him. So I really just want to end that, the conversation there is that there's nothing wrong with MAR as a person. There's nothing wrong with the job that MAR did at Charlotte FC. The only thing that went wrong for MAR is that his players didn't want to play for him. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. That's, and that is a massive issue. <laughs> right. That's the only the only thing that went wrong is everything when you think of it in that context for sure because that is the most important massive issue is you have to be able to get your players to believe in a vision for sure. And it's clear that these players didn't believe in the vision and for anyone who thought Carroll was unfairly singled out in that I guess slight you know tiny fraction of a mea culpa on that because it clearly was more than just Carroll. It's not like one player forced the coach out. Uh, well, you know, if anyone got that impression from the stuff that we put out. Let me put it this way. Anton Walks' opinion means jack shit. <laughs> right, right. And we know he's probably disgruntled as hell. We have, and, and no, we've no, got some we, sourcing on that as well. We for know sure. he's yeah. disgruntled. <laughs> yeah. And he's been disgruntled. And he's a player based on, number one, playing time. And based on, number two, opportunity. Mm -hmm. He's been someone that hasn't had any of those chances mm -hmm. here for Charlotte FC. And he did not like... MAR stubbornness. But like you said, no one cares because you're Anton Walks. You're not the $2 million a year de designated player. But when the face of your franchise, which is Carol Spiderski. Mm -hmm. And Christian Fuchs. Let's get into it. Like, the, it's not just Carol. It was Christian Fuchs, obviously, as part of this palace coup. Maybe even the Brutus of the whole situation. Who knows? I still really feel good about our Game of Thrones references on the last pod. <laughs> Those will go down. Those will live in history, brother. 
But when you talk about a palace coup, I mean, I mean, let's 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 try to move forward here because, like I said, that, that's what we're doing on this show. Right. There's a match do on event, Saturday. Eventually, we have to do it. We keep yes. saying we're going to move there, forward, there, there but, but I just felt this had to be addressed. So I appreciated you giving me that time to talk about it. We can move forward. And and how we should move forward is, I think, something that you'd appreciate because when we're back on the show, we're going to talk about fitness. We're going to talk about conversations that you and I have both had that after hearing Christian Fuchs talk today, the light went off in my head and I said, there it was. I talked about Camille Yuzviak's fitness. I talked about Danny Rios's fitness. I talked about Joseph Mora's fitness. And hearing Christian Fuchs today talk about how the intensity in training wasn't up to his standards, how the fitness of the squad wasn't there, I'm willing today to say that aligns with exactly what the eye test told me on mm-hmm. the field, is that this team is not in good enough shape. Mm-hmm. And now the first order of business for new head coach Christian Latanzio is to whip some of these players into shape mm-hmm. and decide who's going to be in the starting 11. So when we, when we come back, when we come back on the Charlotte Soccer Show, we're going to talk about what players could potentially have a clean slate, who needs to get whipped into shape, and who could potentially come on to the pitch this Saturday. Let's remember, Carol Svidersky and Camille Yuzviak still out of the lineup. And take the bull by the horns, and for the rest of the season – make a bigger impact on this squad. It's a big conversation. We're going to have it next. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Follow the show on Twitter. If you're not doing that, then what's the point? At For The Crown Baby. Follow Danny Brams, at Danny Brams. Follow me, at John Hayes On Air. If you're not following the conversation on Twitter around this team, you have no idea what we just talked about for the last 20 minutes, for sure. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. We're going to refill our glass. We're going to have a fun conversation here at Triple C Brewing. It is a beautiful Tuesday evening. We'll see the sunset is probably about uh, an hour and a half away. It's been beautiful here in Charlotte lately. I I can't. I think they might be listening to the Pearl Jam Sirius XM channel also because there's tons of Pearl Jam playing on the overhead speakers, and I'm a big fan of that, so let's go. Charlotte FC versus New York Red Bulls on Saturday. It's match week once again, and no matter what, we're all happy about that. We're back after this. Here it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. It's a breezy Tuesday evening, but it's a it's a nice breeze. Oh, it's, it, it's gorgeous out here, man. It's it's a breeze that I felt on Sunday afternoon out at Pine Needles at Pinehurst. I had the opportunity to go out and cover the the U.S. Women's Open on Sunday afternoon, the the final round. It was it was a really cool experience, and I was and the reason why I wanted to bring it up on the show, Danny Brams, is just to shine a light on it, right? 
you hear me talk about golf a lot. I, I cover the PGA Tour. I, I'm covering this new Live Golf experience, which is a whole nother conversation. That's a whole other podcast. Exactly. <laughs> but I also we might start that podcast. <laughs> we could. <laughs> but I did want to shine a light on the women and how unbelievably talented they are. And when you drive out to Pinehurst, first of all, it's one of my favorite places on earth, Pinehurst. And the reason why is because in February, I'm somebody that likes blue sky, trees that are green. It's just like it's a great vibe. I'm all about that vibe. And February in Charlotte, you lose it. The trees are, are dormant. The Bermuda grass is dormant. Southern winters suck for colors. But when you go out to Pinehurst, it is nothing but blue and green. Yeah. Southern Springs, baby. Make up for it. It's just, it's a beautiful place to be. So, But I'm happy to be back here in Charlotte. And, and we've got a lot to talk about for the remainder of the episode. It, yeah, and just to bring it full circle, you know, if you you got to check out some elite women's golfers, and I would say if you're in into, you know, trying to support women's sports and, and push women to a higher level sporting-wise, go check out the new... Uh, women's team for Charlotte Independence. You know, make sure get get your family or yourself out there to a game at Memorial Stadium because they are brand new this year and they're repping for the ladies in the Queen City. You know, we're st- slowly but surely we're uh, crawling towards equality. I guess you could say. You, know, you just uh, convinced me to do an interview um, with with somebody who is a part of that organization to shine a light on on what they're doing over there because I think it's super important here. I wasn't even trying to convince you, but I'm glad I was able to. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, by, just by saying that. So, before the break, we teased fitness. We teased players who Christian Latanzio in his first match week as interim boss. What an exciting time for him. I'm happy for him. Right. I'm happy for him. He's, yeah. the, he's the one making the calls this week. Extremely happy for him. And, and when I'm trying to determine my – where Christian Latanzio fits in my uh, Charlotte FC Christian power rankings, <laughs> it's it, the first thing I'm going on because I haven't seen him in action really. First thing I'm going on is his association with Patrick Vieira, who one of my favorite soccer players of all time. I'm Arsenal fan. I know that doesn't sit well with all the uh, Spursy flavor of our fan base that I seem to pick up whenever I go out and meet Charlotte FC fans. But I, have I am seen an Arsenal guy. Well. Yeah, I'm an Arsenal guy. Uh, love Patrick Vieira. Love Dennis Bergkamp. Love Thierry Henry. Love Tony Adams, love David Seaman, love, love all the guys love back is, in the day. Love but. isn't the word I would use. <laughs> the word I would use is respect. Well, of course, yeah. Even if you're a Tottenham fan, you have to respect Patrick Vieira, one of the greatest footballers in English Premier League history. Totally. And the fact that Latanzio has worked with him as he is sort of starting to make his way in the coaching world now, he's, he hasn't had made as huge a splash as he did as a player, but he's an established Premier League manager who also managed in MLS, so... Good for Vieira and great for Latanzio. Hopefully, some of that rubbed off on him, and it's going to only benefit our team. I'm sure. What the the thing is is like you could tell that the people who didn't like Mar on the in the locker room and the player seem to really like Christian Latanzio. So <laughs> uh, whether it's Fuchs who spoke about him and his Premier League experience uh, in today's presser, or Carolyn Camille and that video from the Polish TV station, it, it appears that Latanzio does have his supporters in the locker room so i think that's going to help so my question to you is right it's a quick turnaround mm-hmm. latanzio gets the job and he has a match in less than two weeks and the match is coming quick it's coming fast and it's coming furious saturday afternoon against the red bulls side 
that is going to press Charlotte FC into oblivion. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? It's going to be a high-octane match. That U.S. Open Cup match with Red Bulls, that was my favorite match of the year. It was good. They kind of made us look bad by the end. I, I know it was also Miguel and Jorge Ramirez's favorite match of the year, if you remember the, that comment, but I, it was a great match. It was nonstop action. It was a great match to watch as a neutral, for sure. As a Charlotte FC fan, I felt like we ran out of gas, and that kind of gets us into what we're talking about here, exactly. which is fitness, which right. is the ability to go the full 90. So who can be trusted to go the full 90? Because he has to select players mm-hmm. that – if they're not going to go the full 90, they have to be able to go 70 minutes hard. Mm-hmm. So we're, we want to do our projected 11. We've talked about our undroppable list. But just first and foremost, I want you to pick three players that Christian Latanzio can count on to go the full 90 on Saturday. Well, the list starts with the one and only. Bronny Bro. <laughs> you know, Bronny Bro's place is implacable for me. Anybody that thought that this team under over anybody that thought that this team overachieved under MAR, a big portion of that credit has to go to the play of Brant Bronico, who was basically, you know, totally wasn't good enough for the Chicago Fire a couple of years ago, who are not an elite team by any stretch. And basically just put that grind set into motion and has worked on improving himself and getting more fit. He's gotta be the most fit guy on the team easily. And he's a baller and he's He's our dude. I, anybody that thinks that MAR played Brant Bronico too much is probably named Sergio Ruiz, and that's about the only person who thinks that. But regardless, I trust him to go the full 90. Let me ask you this question. If we're in the park on Saturday, it's 2 p.m., we're about to make the march into the stadium from Ramir Bearden. Can't wait. The lineup comes out, and Bronny Bro's not in it. <sighs> What is your reaction? Wins the next gold line back to Elizabeth? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that extreme. But I will be shocked and disappointed. And yeah. and I, I try to have an open mind. I think the most important thing of this phase of Charlotte FC 2.0 right now is to be open-minded because we don't know what's going to happen. So right. got to try to keep an open mind. But I think Bronico's key to everything we've been doing. What can I say? Uh, same boat for Guzman Carujo, who's another undroppable, who I trust to go not the full 90. I trust Jordi Alcivar to go the full 90. He doesn't always do it, but I trust him to do it. I trust – I. <sighs> I have to. I kind of have to trust Carroll to be a full ninety guy. He's not going to be available because of the international break for this match, as far as we know, for New York. Yeah, Red Poland Bulls, has a huge Nations League yeah, match on Wednesday. Yeah, you got to win that Nations League and uh, get cheap, scrubby goals that come to you off a rebound off a defender. You know, you don't want to miss that. But uh, regardless, Swiderski is is a full ninety guy for me here on Charlotte FC. But I wish we had someone better, to be honest. I mean. The, <laughs> This guy hasn't scored a goal or even sniffed a goal in eight matches, so I'm 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 a little bit more down on Carroll than a lot of people are in the fan base, and that's well, fine. We'll it's see it's because he yeah. hasn't been practicing in the final third. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not to go backwards, but 
I just love how all this these reports of like bad training were coming out now today and a couple of days ago when like literally these we've had reporters going to these trainings every day for weeks and weeks and months and months and no one even reported a sniff of anything bad coming out of training or like oh it was a weird session today Fuchs and MAR were kind of off to the side talking to each other kind of pointing and what looking what was weird you know there's none of that but now it's all revisionist history and oh the trainings were bad yeah yeah whatever but moving on. Uh, so that, got, so I, we, that might be my only list of people I trust. I trust uh, Andre Shinya. I trust to go with full ninety as well. He hasn't done it, but I trust him. Yeah, he's on my short list too, and that's probably about it. Yeah, yeah. In the midfield, who who other uh, he, than Ronico in the midfield? Do you want to hear something crazy? And you want to hear something crazy? I, of course, always. That's what I shot. That's what I'm here for. There's somebody else on this list. That if I if I'm Christian Latanzio, and I do not have Christian Fuchs available because of the ankle injury, there's somebody else on this. Fire up the treadmill <laughs> and set it to four. <laughs> <laughs> Jogging Joe has entered the building. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with this for sure. Exactly. I gotta trust him. Unfortunately, to go yeah. ninety. Yeah. I gotta trust Jalen as well over on the other side, probably to go ninety. Yeah. I, even though. There's, I like the idea of subbing Athel in for him when we need offense late. I think Jalen could go 90 for sure. I think Jay, I don't think Athel can go 90, unfortunately. Most, Although he's gone 120 before, so what do I know? But, I mean, I I don't think that's a regular thing for him. One thing I wanted to call out about King Harrison uh, was that during the break, we saw a lot of Instagram posts. Of course. People on vacation. If you're not scouting the team on Instagram, you're, you're losing edge for sure. People having a good time, family time, and listen, I, I've got zero problem with that, and I want to make sure that what I say from this point forward is not taken as a slight against the people who do go to Mexico and enjoy their time on the beach with family. But you know who wasn't on vacation? The guy who knows his career is coming to an end, and he's got an opportunity to play right back one last time. One last hurrah. Yeah. Harrison Affle, this guy wants it bad. Yeah. He wants it real bad. And at the end of MAR's tenure, you saw, you can say whatever you want about MAR. The guy was aware who was in shape, right? Mm -hmm. He may have not been putting people in shape. And yes, you could argue whether that's his job or not, right? Right. These are professional football. Hey, the fitness coach got fired along with him too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You could argue. <laughs> but Bronny Bro kept him kept himself in shape. King Harrison kept himself in shape. 100%. And he's working hard over this international break. And whether it's Jalen Lindsay or Harrison Affle, I, I would trust them both. If right? If Harrison was two to three years younger, he would be our most important player. I keep I harp on that for sure. He's just we have the unfortunate circumstance to get him at the very end of his career. But I mean, this is the MLS Cup champion and one of the best offensive-minded defenders in the league in the last ten years, easily. There's definitely a few things when you think about it from this point of view about Mar's final couple weeks. Yeah, that really <laughs> chapped like Zoran Cronetta's ass. Sure. And the front office's ass and everybody else who. doesn't watch the match in the same way we, we do and that's you give Jalen Lindsay a contract extension and you put his ass on the bench yeah yeah right exactly you yeah. sign you sign a designated player 
mm-hmm. and you put his ass on the bench. Right. And fly, fly him uh, a th- 1,500 miles in the opposite direction of where he's going the next day and then sit his ass on the bench for an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. I, to- I totally get why. Yeah, well, like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a huge Yuzviak fan at this point, so it is what it is. And that's the thing about Yuzviak is that... But he can't go the full 90 He can't. All. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd, I'd love to see him try, especially at 3 o'clock on a Carolina afternoon. I got one more full 90 candidate, a guy that I think... You know, as we move, let's we could probably just move into the projected eleven stage, uh, and so here's here's my projected eleven. Let me let's just get into it because I got a couple surprises for you. Number one surprise, I'm going to predict Fuchs is back. I don't think I, I've been wrong about this before, and I, the, you know the definition of insanity and all that, and I, I keep walking into traps with this with these predictions, but I don't care. I think Fuchs is back. I think Fuchs is ready to play. I don't think he does that presser today necessarily, at least in the fashion that he did, unless he knows he's back and ready to play. Even we'll though he said. He did say. He did say, I'm not sure if I'm going to play, but we'll see. He's the team captain. He has to speak today. I, I could be wrong, but this is just the way I read it. So I think Fuchs is back. And I think here's the move. I think Fuchs plays left back. I think Latanzio is going to move Fuchs back to left back because I think that's where Christian Fuchs wants to play. I don't think Christian Fuchs wants to be a center back. I think he wants he sees himself as a left back. He won the Premier League as a left back. And in his mind, regardless of his age or fitness or ability or whatever, uh, fatigue, he's he wants to be a left back. And I think in this first match, that's a move Latanzio can make to sort of make a mark is to put Fuchs back to left back, bring in McCoon and Guzman to play center back pairing. I think Lindsay will start, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Affle, but I'll project Lindsay. And then we get to the midfield. I think we will see Bronico. I think Bronico will. I think Bronico's in trouble. I think he's gonna have to. Uh, for Brant, I think in it, trouble for what? I think it go, be in trouble because he got called out in that article. Because there's people inside, not because the article said it, but because the article was reporting something that's been said inside the halls right. of the keep, Fair. which is that Bronico is under attack inside. You know, there's people that are bitching about him playing, which is crazy to me. So, but I do think he starts this game. I do think he's gonna. Ha- he, he. If I'm Brandt, I'm. I see all this last week, and I say, "Well, shit, I'm back to square one again. I have to go work just as hard again to reestablish my place that I already won." And I think he'll do that. So well, one thing I respect about Brandt Bronico is that, yeah, he he plays the Instagram game well, right? He he creates his own brand, right? But none of this takes away from the grind set, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So I think he's in as our six. Now I think midfield wise, I think it will be. Jordi Alcivar stays in as the playmaker, the attacking playmaker. I think another... And, and, and sorry to interrupt you. Fine. He's the guy that's on our free kicks. Right, exactly, exactly. He's the guy that takes our corners. But that, now, I am going to also, my projection is, I believe, in the other eight forward role, assuming that Latanzio keeps the same formation, which I think he will in his first game. He may tweak it eventually, but I think he'll probably keep the same 4-3-3 going forward for yep. this match. I think it's Alcivar, and I think it's Ruiz. I think Ruiz comes back in the starting lineup as sort of a sign of Latanzio putting a stamp on the team. The Again, the, the chatter we heard from coming inside the halls was about Ruiz should play the six over Brandt. I don't think that happens, but I do think Ruiz comes back in in an eight role, and it's Brandt in the back, and then Alcivar and Ruiz kind of as the playmakers going up the channels. We'll see, but that's what I'm projecting. Just to j- hop in on that. Please do. When I think about Ruiz and I think about Bronico in the lineup together, I think about Adolfo Pivot. That's where I'd like to see us get to, for sure. That 
my, you know, spoiler alert is that eventually I think Latanzio might abandon the 4-3-3 and move to like a 4-2-3-1, which yeah. I think ultimately serves Carroll and our wingers the best. And yeah. that double pivot tightens up our defense and makes Bronico not have to work so hard. Yep. And lets Ruiz maybe be that deep-lying playmaker that he's rumored to be yeah. that none of us have seen, that we haven't seen one, one single time you so both, far. Both but yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think we could get to that, but I'm just talking about Saturday. Uh, I would like to get to, and then and then we have Alcivar as more of a center attacking mid, more of a cam role with two wingers on the side of him rather than trying to make things happen out of the deeper midfield. We'll see. Now up front, we're going to assume Yusviak and Carroll are not available, still like Trump uh, coming off the back no, end of the international assuming, break. We're not assuming that they're not available. They're not <laughs> they're, available. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Do you that, think they're going to fly from – I think it's already been reported that they're not Bad available. phraseology about me. We're, uh, you know, we're counting them as not available is what I meant to say. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to say Shinya stays in the starting lineup. He's probably the best acquisition – you know, in-season acquisition that we made, you know, since the whole Machis thing fell apart, going to get Shinyashiki was a great move. It was. He stays as the starter. I believe Rio starts up top just because we don't have any other option if Carroll's gone. Yep. I think it's the bouncer, and hopefully he stays in his good goal-scoring form that he found right before the break. And then here's where I'm coming at you. Oh, God. Here's where I think my, my third winger here, with Yusviak out, in the context of talking who's fit, who can go the full 90, I think you might know where I'm going with this. I do. I think we're going to get our first start for our Colombian, Kerwin Vargas. I think Vargas starts against Red Bulls, and I think he has a candidate to go the full 90 this week. Wow. Wow. That is – I thought you were going to say Mackenzie Gaines. No. No. I'm, I'm the Vargas train, baby. I think playing Gaines against Seattle has got MAR fired on one level <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't going to happen already. So, That's fair enough. Yeah. I, I got to go with Vargas. I think it's time to give Vargas a start. Man, I, I, would, I would love to see it, and I think the fan base would love to see it. And I think it would be a really good move by Latanzio to say, I've got a new boy. He's fit. He can go. He wants to play. Mm-hmm. We're at home. Don't worry about any defensive responsibility. Right. Because we're going to put who in that 4-3-3 behind Vargas is who? It would be Lindsay. Well, Vargas is playing the top of the thing. He's playing the wing in that midfield. Who's behind? Oh, uh, excuse me. That would be... Well, Alcivar, that would be the Alcivar Ruiz. So Ruiz, Ruiz. Would be, yeah, Ruiz would be mine. Yes. That, that, yeah. So if you can say to Kerwin Vargas, "Hey man, listen, your job is to play right wing. Don't not care if you track back. Ruiz has your back. And by the way, Lindsay has Ruiz's back. Mm-hmm. So not only are you covered once, you're covered twice. Mm-hmm. So do me a favor." And fucking press the hell right. out of that front. Right. And beat their press, and let's lob a long ball over the top of their press and let Kerwin go run it down. Let's go. It's a good idea. Danny Bram's a tactician on the show. You can follow him. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter. I'm just trying to be like you, man. Come on now. At Danny Brams on Twitter. Follow the show at For the Crown Baby. Follow me at John Hayes on air. Uh, it's super intriguing. Um, any any beef? Any any nits to pick with my projected eleven? Would you go different in any other spots? Yeah, I think um, Christian Fuchs at left back is a non-starter. <laughs> well, I I think it'll happen. I'm yeah. go, I'm standing on that one. I don't care. Yeah, I, I just don't think it'll happen. I think he either starts at center back or doesn't play. Okay. 
or comes off the bench late like he did against Seattle. Okay. We'll uh, see. I just – although he's already won his power play. I so. think – that's what I think. I, I, I think he would prefer to see himself as a left back, and he's basically pulling all the strings at this point inside the keep. He has uh, – currently the leader in the clubhouse in this Game of Thrones as we've uh, framed it and I think he's going to say hey I'm a left back I'm not a center back I'm a left back that's what I think I don't think that he would have addressed the ankle like this isn't gamesmanship like Red Bulls they're not sitting with bated breath waiting to see if Christian Fuchs plays or 100% not. 100% not, yeah. So, yeah. like, I just don't see it as gamesmanship. I see it as real talk, like, hey, I'm not that health. I'm not 100% yet. I'm sure. not sure if I can go Saturday. I couldn't even practice today. So, we'll yeah. see what happens. So I just, And we know Fuchs has never said one thing and done another. <laughs> so, I just think that, like, him on an island at left back against the New York Red Bulls team that's going to be coming at you is going to be a All right. Amazing, so, who's your back line? Problem. The back line is... Um, Christian McCoon and and uh, Guzman Carujo in the middle, and they're flanked by Joseph Moore on the left and Jalen Lindsay on the right. It's business as usual. And if Fuchs is available, he'll step in for McCoon, and it'll be a back four. I agree that Brandon Bronico will be in the lineup. I agree that Alcivar will be in the lineup. I agree that Shinyashiki will be in the lineup. I agree that Danny Rios will be in the lineup. What we have to discuss is two midfield slots and the right wing slot. Yep. That's where the difference is here. I think that you're going to have a guy like Derek Jones trying to prove that he that he deserves a spot. Now, does he get this spot? I don't think so. But it's someone that you have to keep in mind as a player with a blank sure. slate under a new manager who has proven to be fit, has proven to be able to play a defensive midfield role in the U.S. Open Cup and could potentially earn a spot. So, for me, I project Mackenzie Gaines to start (laughs) at right, right, right wing and... He would get the same instructions as Vargas, right? Just attack, 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 don't even track back. Yes, exactly. But... This is all based on me agreeing with you that the 4-3-3 is the lineup that Charlotte FC chooses. So just to backtrack on that a little bit, one thing that Latanzio has to understand is that this Red Bulls team is going to press, 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 press. They don't stop. You have to build out of the back. So if Christian, Christian Fuchs is healthy... What about a back five? Whoa. The same guys that I it, mentioned. I'm not, yeah, all it, in. Could, it could happen. It definitely could happen. I mean, even I mean, even Ruiz, I've, I've seen Ruiz when he's been out there sort of drift back almost to a center back role where he's in sort of a back five kind of by default. I, who knows what Latanzi will do with the formation? I, I, I've got three wild card picks already in my 11, so I didn't want to like get even more wild with changing the formation, but it could happen for sure. I'd love to see that double pivot you mentioned earlier. That's what I'd really love to see. I love I love a 4-2-3-1. I think that's my favorite formation in, in global soccer right now. I think it works the best. I think you might see that on Saturday. It'd be amazing. I'd hope to, I'd hope to see it. Because I don't think – if he drops Brant Bronico, then we've got a major problem. 
100%. So I'll just leave it at that. I think our projected 11s are pretty similar. I think there's just a, there's three differences there. I think there's three spots up for grabs. Do you think Ruiz comes in, or or do you think Bender stays in the starting line? See, we didn't really get into the Ben Bender of it all, but I think he is probably hurt the most by MIR leaving because MIR seemed to have some belief in him that I'm not sure is going to carry over to a new man. It might, but, I mean, we're talking about a rookie. We're talking about a 20-year-old draft pick who has shown flashes but has also shown some cons so who knows how Latanzio feels about him and, and that comes down to formation because in a 4-3-3 it's tough to find Bender a spot 4-2-3-1 easier to find Bender a spot yeah because you can put you can put him in the center there yeah and you could also I've always thought that you could put Bender up front in a 4-3-3 and have like a like a Bronico Franco Alcivar midfield and then like a Shinya Swiderski bender up top. He's not fast enough. I, I would like I, you don't think so? You, maybe. You just, I, yeah, you just have other guys on the squad that can I mean, do it, the job. It's pointless to talk about it because it never happened and it never will. But I just that's what I just my own thoughts. That, that's a little window into the mind of Brams there. <laughs> there's nothing like a window into Danny Brams's mind. It's a uh, it's there's a, fun, a it's there's a, a fun place. Fresh apple pie sitting in that windowsill. <laughs> you know, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I th- I'm thinking about like a stained glass window, <laughs> super artsy. It's, it's it's a great place. It's something that you'd want in your home. Uh, but it, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I think what we can do is is wrap this episode. We can wrap the conversation by talking about our expectations for for Saturday. Talk sure. about you know when we walk into the stadium and we hit that supporters bar and we we look out to the field and we we. We hear the music and the players are being introduced and it's uh, the referee blows his whistle and it's 90 minutes of action mm-hmm. and 90 minutes will tell us everything. My question would be to anyone who's listening to this podcast, did you watch the cup match? And if not, it's okay because it's available on ESPN+. Plus. You can go back and watch it right now, yeah. Go back and take a look at that match. The reason why MAR said he was so proud of his team's performance is because what Red Bull brings to the table is so different than most teams in MLS. They are going to be down your throat. Like, MAR's tactics work against Red Bull, and they did work against the U.S. Open Cup, but there was a fluke goal to start in the second minute, and... We didn't finish chances. We had chances in that match. It was back and forth all over the place. We just didn't finish chances. So here, so he, this is the conundrum for me, right? If you ask me, like, what does Charlotte FC need to do to not get embarrassed on Saturday? It's like, remain in your shape, mm-hmm. be disciplined, and pass out of the back or hit long balls over the top if that's not working mm-hmm. and see if you can get a goal on the counter. Yeah, I mean, we've shown the ability to get chances against this team, and I don't want to elevate Red Bull past what they are. They're not an elite, elite team. They are one of the better teams in MLS. I think if we finish our chances a little better, we have the ability to score goals. I kind of like a a number we were kicking around. I like predicting kind of like a 2-2 draw. That was And just goals and goals. And you you threw that number. I'm stealing that number from you, which you threw out earlier this week as we were batting it around. I I like the 2-2 number. I do. If Swiderski was in the lineup. <laughs> Danny Rios is in fine goal scoring form, my friend. Come on now. Danny Rios might be able to poach one. But what I'm concerned about is Red Bulls having 
six big chances and Charlotte FC having two. It's fair. And of those six big chances, can Kalina keep it out of the net? That's that's the question. He's been able to do that at home. Mm-hmm. And I just think that for a new manager, worst case scenario would be playing this match in Newark. Yeah. Second worst or Montc- case scenario. Or Mont- Montclair, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point, yes. That is that is really worst case scenario. Second worst case scenario is playing this team at home for your first match. As a new manager. As yeah. a new manager. Yeah. Because you have to be defensive. And they're different than other MLS teams yeah, that you, you prepare just, for. Yeah, yeah, you just have to be defensive in this yeah. match. You have to be prepared for and the And the last guy got kicked out for being too defensive and pissing off all the players. Exactly. So, yeah. so that's yeah, my yeah. point. It's like, yeah. uh, do you make the statement of like, hey, I'm not going to do what he does, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let these guys just go out there and play an open match against Red Bull, Red Bull and they're going to press us, we're going to be open, we're going to go after them? Because in that case, Red Bull could put four in on Charlotte. They could. But I'll tell you this much. As a fan at this point, after the the week that we've had, after you know oh, two weeks since a game, after a month since you and I have been able to go to a game together, six <laughs> yeah. weeks almost, like Seriously. here's where I'm going to be on Saturday night. Just show me goals. Just show me offense. I don't. If we lose three two, I'll walk out of there happy. To be honest, like okay, I, I just want to see us. I, I say let him go. I hope Latanzio opens it up and lets the guys just run and consequences. Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead, all that stuff. Like I want to see our team attack. And get some joy. And I think we can win. I'm not ruling out a win. I'm not saying we can't win. And I'm not saying I'd be happy with a loss. But what I am saying is I need to see a different style. I need to see Charlotte playing with freedom and joy that they have not shown so far. If you want to criticize MAR with some legitimacy, you can say that his style was a little bit boring at times. And if fans were pissed off and if players were pissed off playing in a boring system, I can't fault them too much for that. You know, maybe if they had a, I don't, I, I personally think our player, our roster is not quite, is not in the upper echelon of MLS. No offense to our players. I love them all. I think they need to get better. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. So before we get out of here, we mentioned our TFOs, our tr- tremendous friends of the show. And we mentioned answering their questions. So I've got rapid fire questions. Hit me, rapid fire. For, for Danny Brams. And the first question comes from Michael Volak. And he says, uh, after Fuchs's presser, are you convinced MAR was holding the team back and Latanzia will take them to the next level, or was the club performing above preseason expectations? Simply put, is Latanzio going to climb us up the table, stay the same, or fall down to the bottom? Magic 8-ball, signs point to no. Is that a game? Is that a Stranger Things reference? No, no, just the, the Magic Eight Ball, you know. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Signs yeah. point to no. Gotcha. <laughs> I mentioned Stranger Things season four already in the episode. I haven't got that far in the season. I didn't uh, know there was a Magic Eight Ball involved in uh, the yeah. season of Stranger <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things. My there fault. is. My fault. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. is. Although the Stranger Things reference is all signs point to yes. Okay. Yeah, well, yes, I'm yeah. gonna flip it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see it. So okay. So, so uh, Volak, we love you, brother. Hope to see you, Big Ben, again this Saturday. Remain I, the same. I think that. I was. I am not convinced that MAR was holding the team back. To directly answer your question, Brendan Wilhide, uh, question for Danny Brams. My favorite thing is it's making these questions for you. Who gets the biggest increase in playing time under Latanzio? Ruiz, Walks, Sobosinski, hard to get less. Ortiz or someone else? I'm going to say Ruiz. I think uh, the, all everything that's happened has this hallmark of Zoran like putting his stamp on the club. 
Ruiz is the first signing the club made, and I think Zoran wants to see Ruiz play more, and I think he will. Next question comes from at Brandon CLT Beer. Cheers that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> what position should we look at to help strengthen the squad in the upcoming transfer window? It's obvious. I'm not being super original here, but it's center attacking mid. It's just someone. Jordi Alcivar has been nice, but we need someone that's a little bit better than him, so he's not our main attacking mid option. If he's the secondary option, we're in a much better spot. Next one comes in from uh, Spurts Guy. Love Spurts. Well, Sometimes. love Spurts Guy, don't love the Spurs. <laughs> Put it that way. Well, it's Spurts Guy, Sports Guy. Uh, what difference in actual gameplay would you like to see? And we kind of answered this already. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get the four-two-three-one. Four-two-three-one. Let's let's. Let, I don't think we'll see it Saturday, but I hope we see it eventually. And then finally, our last question from our Tifos, our tremendous friends of the show. One of our, maybe our most tremendous friend of the show, Alex Ventura. Uh, always always good to see your feedback and your engagement and your questions. Hope you're feeling better. I mentioned it on the top of the show. It's Christian Fuchs, and I'm paraphrasing his question. His question is, what do you think about Christian Fuchs becoming the coach for next season, right? So, we'll leave, you know, we already kind of got your answer on that. I kind of switched. The an- Through the course of the episode, I switched. You said you would. <laughs> I, I think I, I could see it now. The more I've, I've thought about it through the course of us of talking about this, team dad is team dad. I think he made executed a palace coup. I think he helped make a power play with the aid of Swiderski and other prominent voices on the team to get MAR out. But if things don't work out with Latanzio and we're looking, I could definitely see Fuchs being the coach next season at this point. What do you think, though? you got to answer that question yourself first. I think Fuchs is angling, angling for that job. And if it's not the Charlotte FC job, he's angling for a coaching job somewhere. I lied. We do have one more question from Michael Hubbard. What are your goals for the season now? Would you call it a bad job if Latanzio misses out on the playoffs? Like, for the second part of that, I'd say no because yep, agreed. We we have I have been projecting them as fringe playoff team regardless. So it's not like Latanzio is going to lose some stats that we have. It would be a bad job by Latanzio if we slip down into wooden spoon territory for sure, and are you know fighting for the last place spot in the league. I hope that doesn't happen. But my goals for the season have not changed. I hope to be playing with a scenario to get a playoff spot on the final day, decision day, MLS Sunday, one of my favorite days of the soccer calendar. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, it's been a blast Oof, we're to, back. Be, to be back with you, baby. In, in town, out and about, at Triple C Brewing, one of our favorite places in Charlotte, uh, finished off uh, the episode with the Golden Boy. And I'm excited to find out who will be the golden boy of the match on mm-hmm. Saturday. I've got a feeling, just a little bit of a feeling, that it's going to be Brant Bronica. Because if there's if there's somebody on this squad that is just ready for adversity, to ready to prove something, it's him. And we're going to be back with another episode after the match on Saturday. Whether we record Saturday night or Sunday, that is to be determined based on how that afternoon goes on Saturday but we will definitely be back for you before the end of next weekend, before the end of this weekend I should say. I feel like I've been waiting a long time for another match and we finally got it. And I would say this, 
it's time to go big. We've been off for two weeks. We've been out of commission as a podcast for several weeks. And we're going to go back to Elizabeth and get absolutely rowdy yeah. and insane this weekend. It's an afternoon match. It's going to be hot. You're going to have to be well hydrated. And I think it's going to get... I can't even predict what's going to happen, but I guarantee you, we're going to have a fucking good-ass time on Saturday. So we, we call out our tremendous friends of the show, and we want to invite our tremendous friends of the show. Come on up. To Elizabeth, Big Ben... On Saturday, we're going to be there. What time do you want to get there is my question. For a 3 o'clock kickoff, I'll probably get to Big Ben for opening. Or not for not for opening. Well, I don't know what time they open with no Premier League. I, I'm i thinking like 10.30, 11. Yeah. Yep. 10.30, 11. 11. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there at 11. Uh, we'll hop on the goal line probably around. We'll look at the schedule. Somewhere One-ish. between 1, 1.30. One, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, maybe have a beer at Hooligans. Get into Romeo Beard and Park and then, then march into the stadium. So, if you want to hang out on Saturday, just get yourself to Elizabeth at 11 a.m. at Big Ben Pub and we'll be there. We'll be hanging out. We'll be having beers. Yep. Um, beers on Danny Brams. That's what he said. You've seen our profile pictures <laughs> online. You can find us for sure. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Bram. Really appreciate all our listeners. Really appreciate everybody who oh, has sure. stuck with us through thick and thin over what has been a wild week. I mean, this Charlotte is what we sign up for. The drama, being a soccer supporter of a club and caring about a club this much, it's for this drama like this. As much as I hate the personal effects of people losing jobs and having to move on and things like that, I mean, the the sick side of me as a the sicko soccer fan deep inside of me is like, this is what it's all about. Yeah, we're still here. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And either is this club. Nope. So for now... It's the Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, and Danny Brams, and as always, it's for the crown, baby. <laughs>